0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. The
2: Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources. Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, the Liquid Sonic
3: Slew. I'm expensive, luxurious, and everybody wants me.
2: Yeah, you're just a splash of reverb. <laughs> uh, then thank you to Matt Keed. Shout out to Matt Keed on YouTube for giving us that nickname. Uh, it was so bad and so good. And I love it. Um, and we used it. So thank you, Matt Keed. Uh, thank you for anybody that's on the live stream that is contributing. We've been live streaming for a couple hours now, way longer than we usually do because we've had a lot of great commentary, a lot of great questions, a lot of great conversations, um, a lot of great uh, philosophy and thinking. Um, and we haven't been recording for like the last hour of just answering questions. And I actually need to do some work today. So we're just going to start freaking recording um okay here's the thing uh today's episode is dedicated to the concept there's a lot of questions that i think are very natural and normal to have that i want to be clear about is is today's episode is all about what's worth putting thought into and what's not worth putting thought into i am always a fan of like for example here there's there's two composing uh uh opposing ideas for example if i tell you um if i through my own personal experiences tell you that i don't like the neve 1073 into the c800g into the sony c800g into the neve 1073 into the cl1b i don't like it i don't think you should use it there's the one opposing idea is that that's advice that you should take and you should consider um another opposing idea is it took experience for me to f- come to that conclusion and I don't want to ever take away experience for mm-hmm. you to come to your own conclusion. So when I say that it's more of like consider that it may not be your favorite and it doesn't have to be, but I still think you should try the C800G into a 1073 into a CO1B and be, and, and my advice is more for you to be open and aware enough that you don't have to, you can consider it, it doesn't have to be your favorite, even though mainstream says it is. Yeah. Okay, so so there's two opposing ideas. What we're trying not to do is to completely let, deny you um, of your thought processes, but we are here to tell you from my our personal experiences, some things are worth thinking about and some things are not at all worth thinking about. Um, and this is something that I'm going to talk about that's been very important to me and it's becoming more aware to me um, that i think will relate to will will make sense throughout the episode so i'm going to say it right now is what we were talking sure. about earlier the golden rule which is treat others like you want to be treated uh is not that's not that in japan from my culture japanese culture the golden rule is you don't be the golden rule is you don't be a nuisance you don't mm-hmm. bother people um and i think we're, that's going to be a big part of the business of how we work. The things that we've been talking about um, at a higher level. It's it's not the skill is only there to help you not be a nuisance. And if you're going to fight about this is not the Daw that I use, can you send it in the Daw that I use? You will lose a job. You're just being yeah. a nuisance. Um, yeah. Uh, so this was going to be directly correlated to the business and growing career. Once again, I say this every once in a while, this podcast is not a hobbyist podcast. If you are an engineer or a producer as a hobby and you want to keep it that way, then some of these things will not make sense. And it's fun to speculate. It's fun to look into what's better. But this podcast episode is also about those trying to be professional. And if you're, if If you thinking about things takes time to a certain degree, time is money, you're losing dollars per hour even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. You're losing money considering it. Okay, Some things will affect your wallet, some things will not. For example, as a hobbyist, it's fun to compare compare, uh, which converters sound better. As a professional, I will argue heavily that that's a fucking waste of your money and time to figure out which converters sound better. Yeah. Okay, and and that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. So today's episode is what's worth thinking about, what's not worth thinking about. Um and we've had uh the commenters, the watchers um participating and they're going to continue to participate uh on the different things that uh are talked about within the industry, within the social media realm. We're going to try to um, uh, discern the nuance because some things in is like worth talking about in one light and another in another way it's not worth talking about yeah. some things are surprisingly going to be more important than you think some things are surprisingly way less important than you think um, so uh, we're gonna try our very best we are both dumb and just uh, we are fallible humans so we're just gonna try our best to talk about the nuance and let you make come to your own conclusions and decisions and use your own agency. Okay, number one we want to talk about is DAWs. Yes.
3: Okay, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Now, the only way that it ever is going to matter is depending on the path you're taking. Now, if you want to take this on as a professional career, if you want to open, let's say, a commercial recording studio, Pro Tools all the way, because if you ever want to work with labels... There, they literally will ask you in the emails before sending out. It's like, hey, we just want to make sure—is this a Pro Tools operated studio? Yes. Okay, great. Let's move on. You know, because half the time, you know, other things that are on this list are things that they're not asking about. But the one thing they're going to want to make sure is that they can send clients who already have sessions ready that they need to work on from another studio and make sure that it's compatible. If they're going to send you, uh, let's say you want to be a mixer and they want to send you the session from a professional studio, let's say it's an Atlantic artist and they recorded it at Atlantic, they definitely didn't record it in Cubase. So they're going to ask to be able to send you the files. And if you say, oh, I can't accept this file, I only work in Cubase.
2: Yeah, so yep, actually, sorry. I think Lou mm. is exactly right. And this is something we were talking about before the recording, during just the regular stream too. No. As a composer or a producer, um, it doesn't matter as much because no. at the end of the day, whatever you compose or produce, you're going to be sending wave files to the engineer who will yep. probably be mixing it in Pro Tools. Does it make yep. sense? Or, um, or who will take the supplementary strings... And then we'll record the live strings in Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. So the recording engineer, if they get involved, right? So um, I will say that uh, the reason why it doesn't matter, and this is to to talk about the nuance there, is um, if you... Arguing or coming to a conclusion about which DOS sounds better is the lowest IQ... Th- thinking that you could ever have there's no possible conclusion that you could ever come to that is not hurtful for the rest of the community or Mm -hmm. or or, uh good for your own because if you find out that reason sounds better Mm -hmm. but you've only trained on pro tools but nobody else in your community uses pro tools or reason like because you're an engineer now you just have to live with the fact that you're using the inferior daw like it's just not or like or the other conclusion is like um it's it's completely subjective too, because what is better?
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's
2: like if one person comes up with the answer that's not true for you. also we're also talking about something so subtle that it takes a mastery engineer of thirty years experience to potentially maybe hear a difference, maybe, yeah, and that's even arguable, yeah, because it nulls out, yeah, you know so it's like or you know, or it doesn't and it, does, it doesn't nulls out for a different reason because there's randomization to play. okay, anyway. It's it's a waste of time to figure out which is superior, and this is mm-hmm. going to be um, a common a thought process throughout this entire uh, episode as well. Is even figuring out which is superior, what's better, is typically going to be a waste of time um, and not conductive to uh, c- confidence, uh, increasing your ability, um, helping your fattening your wallet. Yeah, just not. Um, Yeah, so with exactly what Lou said, if you are a recording engineer or a mixing engineer... You should highly contribute. You should, oh, sorry, you should highly consider Pro Tools specifically because going back to the golden rule, you do not want to be a
3: nuisance. Yeah, there's going to be other engineers out there that you see. Like I know Colt Caperoon talked about this on one of his uh, YouTube channel videos uh, recently, where he's like, sometimes when we get so- uh, songs in, uh, in DAWs that I don't use, I'll have some of the staff convert them over to Pro Tools. That's just, yeah, But that's, that's, he's still accepting them, sure. And it is in different things. Sure, he's got different producers hitting him up and saying, can I just send you the session? But at the end of the day, he does not deny the fact that he's working in it's, Pro Tools for the most convenience. It's annoying. Like, yeah, because now he has to hire a whole other person to do this for him.
2: Yeah. Imagine trying to do that to an a who's giving you a shot. This is yeah. your one shot to work with Beyonce and Psych, and you're like, oh, but I use Logic. All right, we're just going to hire anybody else.
3: And anybody else.
2: <laughs> Literally anybody else. Uh, uh, so it just doesn't matter. Um, that is something, don't worry about which DAW sounds better, worry about what you're comfortable with. And if you're trying to be a professional commercial grade engineer, do worry about Pro Tools. Um, you can be proficient in any other DAW alongside Pro Tools, uh, but it is important to not be a nuisance. (laughs) That's, that's, that's just really what it comes down to. Uh, the second thing, uh, plugins, uh, plugins. The only time plugins matter is that if you are sent a Pro Tools session and all of a sudden you have a, you notice that you don't have some of the plugins that they don't have. Um one thing that I would consider this is really practical is that if you are an engineer instead of buying plugins that are sold to you via ads like marketing is selling it to you wait save that money and only buy plugins when you receive a session that you of uh, with plugins that you don't have
3: To be honest that's the way I go about things yeah, nowadays yeah, 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 yeah I don't I don't give into any of the marketing anymore Yeah like
2: like I yeah. used to
3: I used to I'm not going to lie I used to give into the marketing and be like oh my god this is the latest thing and it's so cool
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't it, just get plugins yeah. because they look cool or people tell you they sound good like I would say wait to spend money on plugins until you receive a session that you don't have the plugins for and then just buy those plugins. And slowly your plugin library will build over time as well. well. So because maintaining that original mix and working off of that is more important um, than having everything that nobody else has. So that's just what it comes down to. Um, I plug in settings. For example, uh, I don't think templates are important or a good use of
3: brain cells from a professional level. Um, uh, to well, clear, on, let me, there's a lot of nuances. yeah I was about to say artist type templates yeah I would agree with that
2: yeah like uh, even if you use the same artist in the same recording studio on the same mic and you record a song in the same key you're gonna want to tweak those settings each individual time and you have yep. to recognize that some like there's no like a universal one size fit all doesn't work and to be fair you don't want that to work because that really devalues your job
3: yeah imagine if uh Everybody had the same template. Then why are you fifty an hour? You should be minimum wage. At yeah, this point. like if if you templates were, you, you should be minimum
2: wage. Yeah. yeah, and and the thing is, it doesn't. So um, that is something to consider. Don't worry about the the thing that when you watch YouTube videos or when you watch us mix or something like that. When we talk about compressing or EQing, you should try to um, uh, uh, understand and discern why we made the decision to compress and what issues we're trying to solve or what ways we're trying to enhance it and not about the tool itself. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time to think Rev A 1176 is what worked on this vocal and I should be using that. Yeah. No, like, what about the Rev A? Is it because it's really fast attack and release time? Was it because you can compress? Like, what yeah, about like, it? Is it because it's if got If you like, watch
3: me mix, I'll use El Rey a lot on nasally vocals, but I'll never mention that it's because the vocal was nasally. It's it's not because the L-Ray is suddenly the greatest compressor and everybody should have it. It's, it's served a very unique purpose.
2: And I think for teachers, that is something an important skill to have is to yeah. try your very best to talk about why you use the L-Ray. Because at the yeah. end of the day, anybody that is really professional has been doing this for a long time. They think those things, but it's so automatic that they don't realize that that's even a decision that they're making.
3: Yeah. It's like, why the L-Ray? It sounds great. Like.
2: Yeah, that's why uh, when you go on mix with the masters, every it's kind of like this lame thing. Mostly because, mostly because like people aren't, they're not explaining very well because they they're way too advanced and it's so automatic that they don't they're not even like realizing that this is a thought process people have. So just just mention that. Um, the next topic, real quick, just going through this is Mac versus
3: PC. It doesn't really matter. I use a Hackintosh I'm right in the middle I'm not, I'm not gonna lie like the reason I say it doesn't really matter is because if it's pro uh, let's just say we're all working in Pro Tools Pro Tools works in both
2: I would the only reason why I would say it would matter is not because of the processing power one is faster than the other one is more expensive than the other or Pro Tools runs better on Mac it's not about any of that um most recording commercial facilities use mac so oh, it would okay. be it would be okay, to your detriment reason, yes. it would be to your detriment if you didn't know mac hotkeys okay. that's that's the only thing yeah. that's important
3: okay so i'll say i'll rephrase then like this if it's for personal if this is your personal office and you're the only one that uses it it doesn't matter yeah it, that's the only reason um but if you're looking to be a recording engineer if you're looking to work in professional studios absolutely Mac all the way it, it doesn't matter you,
2: or, or it's not even about having Mac because there's no it's really like it's just knowing Mac it's not compatibility issues it's more about yeah it's it's the hotkeys because yeah. speed is more important yeah speed is important so if you keep messing up because you're like I don't usually use a PC and so like I'm not able to use the Mac hotkeys as fast so uh, for, that hurts more than anything else so, so there,
3: there might be one saving grace for the PC side of things though um so Pro Tools now that you can actually change your macros and your buttons and whatever. Um, you could connect a Mac keyboard and then make sure that the PC shortcuts line up with the Mac keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, so you can you, you could remap a, a, you could remap. Yeah, that would that would be uh good for you. Yeah, but it's uh, I'm not gonna lie. That's but it's also I don't think so it's much perfect. fucking time. Yeah, I don't it's think so it's perfect
2: time. either. Okay. Anyway, yeah. we're gonna move on to the next one. Hardware versus software. Come on, uh, y'all. If you've been listening to the podcast for a long yeah. time, you know what we're going to say.
3: And if you've been watching the industry and actually studying up on those who are actually successful in this industry. Currently know, successful, yeah. not Not, not previously success. successful. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking algae. We're talking like Tizio and Baines and everybody. Yes, they have their tools. But whenever you actually see their interviews and talk to them in person, it's like, yeah, it's some. to be honest, majority of the time it's just in the box. Like I have some things that I use on my mix bus, maybe, but that stuff came later.
2: Yeah, based off of credits, the number of influence, the number of songs, the most money, the most streams anybody can make, the number one mixer of all time up until this point is Serban Ganea, and he is completely, completely in the box. He's he famous for being completely in the box.
3: Yeah. Um, so and he's not he's not even like secretly in the box. No, he's very publicly open and vocal about being only in the box.
2: So there's a couple things. If you are, again, if you're a hobbyist. Doing things out of the box is fun, even if you are a professional. I cannot deny that it's really fun to use mm-hmm. analog
3: equipment. Yeah, but it um, is time-consuming.
2: Yes, it is time-consuming. You do have to sacrifice the amount of attention and time that it's going to take to use it. Yeah. And more importantly, for me, the thing that I, the reason why I, I hate mixing in the box—or not hate—I uh, have some level of disdain for mixing in the box is because of bouncing stems and doing all the b- bounces afterwards. Yep. Like that's it's just going to, it's going to take more time and doing recalls.
3: Just, just ugh. do the loo method, commit if you can. Not obviously if you're going to use it on a bus, it's kind of hard to commit a bus, but if you're going to use it on individual tracks, commit that track so you can avoid that problem later. You're still adding that time. In the middle of the session, though. So the time doesn't go away. It's just at what point are you making use of that time? Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think analog equipment is going anywhere. I do think it's cool. I also think it's a really good use of, of uh, ex- uh, business expense to avoid uh, income tax. But
3: it's like buying a luxury car. You don't buy a Ferrari to go to Vaughn's every day. If you need something efficient, you can buy something efficient. Uh, plugins are very, very, very efficient. They're going to sound different, sure. But to be honest, uh, buying a an actual tube tech cl one b just to have it just to say that you want to run it on a vocal if you're not booking it commercially on a on a recording studio level or things of that nature it's just for you to have just to have fun with on the side cool that's fun that's great that sounds like the the weekend car but yeah. your daily driver isn't the cl one b
2: also realize i've i've uh i've heard um uh, professional engineers that we all like Tony Maserati said this, like he has a, he has a Fairchild or like a shadow Hills or something like that. But at the end of the day, he goes in the box because he has to send it to the assistant mm-hmm. <laughs> and on and the assistant's on the assistant's computer has to bounce things out or has to do something with it. Uh, so, and they don't have the hardware. So like yeah. if he can't print it, so the Lou method, what he talked about is printing it. So committing the track. So creating a new wave file with the hardware printed in baked in, um, that that is. If you do that, then the the assistant gets in. They don't need to have the hardware because it's not running in it real time. It's that's what's committed into the DAW. Um, but yeah, in in general, um, even the big wigs, the the untouchables, the mix engineers that are the top of the top of the game a lot of them are in the box at some point in the process or another, just because it's when you scale, it's just difficult to do. So that's the reality of it. Um, So, uh, hardware is fun. It's a good, uh, it's a good business expense. It's aesthetically really awesome. And I feel really cool about it. Uh, but to debate whether which one is better or more important or superior, waste of brain cells, waste of brain cells. Um, and if you try, mm,
3: to be honest, you could take two of the same piece of gear and get two different results. Uh, arguing the fact of which one is better could literally be one specific unit versus one other specific unit of the same type. Yes, it's it's that pointless. I have I have I used to have four distressors, and all four of them were different. Even when I tried to calibrate them, they would all calibrate differently.
1: You have one unheard message. <phone rings> Okay,
2: this, this next one this next one is really funny. You're going to laugh at this one. This one is ah. something that people should think about more often. Uh, is not a waste of brain cells. Uh, in fact, it's trendy to think it is, but it's not at all. And this is for engineers as well. Less important for engineers as producers and songwriters, but this goes for anyone in the music industry,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: including man, uh, A&R as well. If you have anything to do with the part of the creative process, it is never a waste of brain cells. It is never a waste of time to study music theory. It can only help you. That's what it comes down to. Yes, you will learn music theory. And the last lesson that you will learn in music theory is now throw everything that you learned to throw away, (laughs) throw out everything that you learned and do whatever the heck you want.
3: I hate to say, but that's also engineering and, general you have you you learned how to use the tool great now do whatever the fuck you want
2: yeah but it's important and necessary to learn it can only help you to learn what other people in the past have thought about the rules of music and audio it can only help you it is not a waste of time it is it's it's not necessary i'm not going to say that it's necessary Mm -hmm. like it's not going to necessarily keep you from gaining certain opportunities but um that is uh it's just, it's just, I don't know why it's so trendy to hate on people who focus on theory. Like it's so, that's so stupid. I'll it, say it like this. Help.
3: I don't know enough theory to say that I don't know theory. Uh, I, I know that I'm at that point where if I were to have a conversation on it, I don't know it, but I know enough of it to be able to say, okay, hold on. If this is here, this should actually be here. Hold on. This notation's a little bit off. Okay, hold on. The auto-tune's not lining up. Maybe it's in the relative minor, relative major. Hold on. Let's try a few different things. And those things have saved the session, which means they have saved my job, which it means I've gotten paid and rehired. Sometimes just knowing the little, little things that might be the issue and knowing how to solve that little issue here and there could be the reason that you're still getting work. Yeah, yeah. And when it
2: comes to ear training as well, um, as a as a mix engineer, uh, I've never had to use counter bass, like I've never had to use counter bass ever, and I never will ever. Is like, it bad it's,
3: that I don't know what counter bass is? Don't
2: worry about it. If you've done theory counter, account, just just it's an old school way of composing. Okay, never going to learn it. But aural um, skills, mm-hmm. sight singing, being able to recognize trans. Uh, when the song transposes, being able to recognize relative and major relative keys, yeah. um, being able to recognize. So all of that ear training is, I would argue more important than being able to name a frequency, yeah. even as an engineer. Because at the end of the day, there's no point of learning the frequency if you don't know what good music sounds like. If you're unable to hear when a vocalist is in tune, it doesn't matter if you can hear 500 hertz. Yeah, Because the point is not the frequency. The point is it's music. It's an emotional thing. And you use the frequencies to enhance the emotions of the music. Like it's not a standalone thing. So I would recommend that's, that's, I could argue, I could argue that that level of ear training is significantly more important than listening to white noise and hearing when you boost 500 K, 500 Hertz, three DBS, if you can hear it or not, that is not, not as important to the end product. Um, sorry yeah, Yeah. you were, you were saying something and I, I was talking, I apologize. No, I got my point through. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, next one. Oh, this is an interesting one. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, the general skill of mixing. There's a lot of nuance on this one.
3: Ooh, okay. So, hold on. Are you saying matters or not matters?
2: No, that's that's the point of this conversation.
3: Okay, okay. I think in some cases it doesn't matter. Mixing. So your your ability to arguably get a technically good mix or creatively good mix. So
2: I think if if we're gonna, my conclusion is and I'm going to argue towards this conclusion. Okay. My conclusion is I'll, I'll try to play does, devil's advocate. It does matter but not half as much as people think.
3: I, I, damn it. Okay, hold on. That's hard to play I'm, devil's advocate It's for. hard to play devil's advocate for because it's 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 a double-edged sword that works in both ways because uh, I'm going ha- to mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to
2: argue for it, towards it. Yeah. Okay,
3: I'm going to argue for and against it. I'm going to argue against it by saying that uh, for cr- progression to exist, the um, the threshold needs to be pushed. I think we should always be seeking a way to make things sound better and find more ways to get more out of what we have in front of us. Yes.
2: Um, we should never lower the
3: standard. We should never lower the standard, no. But we should always with be pushing said, the standard higher. But yeah. that said, a great engineer is somebody who knows when a lower quality is the best quality. Meaning that the reverb might sound a little muddy, but that might be the vibe. And the, the moment that you start seeking yeah, excellence well, well and it starts skill. taking away from a record means that though it may technically be better, may, maybe the mix skill is that much better, your ability to actually translate the song is not better.
2: So... um in that case, it does take skill to recognize when something sounds worse, but that's better. Like, that's a skill in itself.
3: Yeah. But <laughs> so, your gut so, instinct is that so p-
2: a lack part of skill, where the skill comes from. A lack of skill is not being able to tell.
3: Yeah. Doesn't make sense. So, like, yeah. if you can
2: tell, that's some skill. I think that uh, the at, like, um, someone that's been mixing for years are typically better than they think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not the gap between me. And someone that's just mixed a thousand songs for fun as a hobbyist mm-hmm. probably isn't as big as everybody assumes. Mm-hmm. But I will say the, the only reason why I say skill does matter is because at the end of the day... Um, if you are not good enough that you keep getting revisions and you're not able to, the skill of communication, yeah. the skill of being able to infer what the client means when they ask for revisions, mm-hmm. the skill of communicating and being to coming, showing up to meetings on time, the skill of being able to bounce stems 100% of the time without making mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's so unprofessional. Like even if you miss bounce stems once, that's just annoying and a nuisance to everybody.
3: Yeah, because it's a waste of time at this point.
2: Yeah, so like if you're like, as the skill of never miss bouncing stems ever is is something that I'm willing to pay extra money for.
3: Yeah.
2: even in an assistant. Um the uh, those skills are more important than how to dial in a compressor, which I'm not denying the importance of. I think it's mm-hmm. important to to use a compressor, but I do think that it's it's uh the skill of being able to dial in a compressor is not as hard to find in the world as yeah. someone that can dial in a compressor and respond to emails on time. Yep. Like that.
3: So it's like. yeah, Okay. So in that context, you will constantly see recording engineers that are technically underqualified uh, for certain roles. We've seen this in the studio a bunch of times. We're not trying to point anybody out, but I've, I've walked into sessions where a client says, there's so much latency. The studio sucks this and that. And they're trying to make a complaint and they're trying to like, see what, like what they can get out of the complaint. Like we cancel the session, get a refund. What? And I walk in, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me see if I can figure it out. And we're talking like a guy that brought in a big client and he had ozone and L2 limiter on the master bus. And I'm like, well, no fucking wonder there's latency on it. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? But here's the thing. He may not have been technically great, but he's good enough to know what it takes to work with these people, get consistent results and all that kind of stuff. There was a little delay in the session, but it was user error, fine, whatever. But you know what the other side of that skill set was? Me walking into the room with a calm mindset, knowing how to communicate in a difficult situation, get them going, make sure that they're good, and make sure that everybody is on the same page now.
2: Yeah, I would, I would argue, and this is something that like, um, it's so obvious that I don't even know why this is something to consider. If there's two applications for a recording engineer in the studio that I own, Mm -hmm. one of them is much higher skilled, Mm
1: -hmm. but is
2: a diva or has any level of pride versus the other person who's slightly underqualified, but is the most reliable human being ever. Yeah. I will always pick the reliable human being. You know,
3: and I'm not going to lie, like one of, uh, one of my favorites of the recent hires is like a manager at Starbucks and he's still learning, but, when we're talking consistency and showing up every time and being there when they're talking supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like consistency is there every time.
2: Always. It's, every and that's time. a human and nature. I would, thing.
3: I would rather take that than the most skilled person who's inconsistent and can't show up on time.
2: And if you are the type of person who are really reliable and really got a strong head on your so- shoulders and you're good at mixing, mm-hmm. you are unstoppable. There is no force in this world that could ever stop you from succeeding. Oh yeah. But I will say that again the, uh, this is a statistical thing. Those that are high in openness or very creative are uh, have a have statistically a negative correlation with um with uh ooh uh not order what's the word? What's the other organization or just organization in general. I forgot the exact word, the terminology for it. But typically that those that are very creative are less organized and more Mm -hmm. chaotic. Um, So if, if you, you will be one in a million potentially, if you can keep your life in order and have good skill, good creative skill, like that is that you are such a rare human being that you will do well. Most people cannot do both. Yeah. Um, And I will say that you can become that person by through strict and pure discipline with yourself and self-respect uh that's and so that's pretty open-ended um again skill is important learning how to use a compressor what an eq does how pro tools works is an important skill but i will always hire the person that is under uh under trained um but is reliable to all hell so it's like it's important but not as important as you think um in the higher end of the game, then skill becomes part of the nuisance. Like if I'm a mixer and I get hired to do a label project, but I'm just not getting the revisions right because I'm not good enough. Yeah. Then that or becomes a nuisance. Enough. Like yeah. that becomes a nuisance. And then at that point I might not get hired again. Yeah. So like at that point, then skill does matter. Um, but in general, especially if you're young or trying to get into this or you're not quite into this, like I wouldn't overstress about how good you are. And I would even argue that most of us with technology and how, mu- how much simpler technology makes everything that we do, especially with the introduction of AI, we're, we're going to see yeah. what AI does to the music industry. Skills is going to become less and less important and it's all going to be become about accountability and responsibility. Yeah. That's that's just I think that's that's important. Okay, uh, this is another thing that is significantly more important than people realize. Something that I'm um, a big fan of is personal branding. The oh only, hell yeah! The only way hell to yeah. to escape your personal branding is through the grave. You cannot escape personal branding. Um, it's very very important. And again, that goes back to reliability, consistency. Um, you don't have to be a content creator. You don't have to be DK and Lou on the mixing you music podcast.
3: Are the brand,
2: but you are making a brand, regardless of not, uh, regardless of whether you're doing it on purpose or not. So just yeah. make sure that you're doing the right thing and being honest. If you, are, if you lie to for personal gain once or if you become a nuisance once, that will if potentially affect your career.
3: Yeah, it was kind of uh, a weird conversation that I had the other day where, like, brand came up as to why I would not do something, um, which was uh, funny. Like, I was just talking to somebody, and they're like, you know, we, we could just take this. I'm like, I'm not just going to take something, dude. Like, it's, it's fucking $5. Like, I understand it's small if it it's in your pocket and shit, but, like, I would— be mortified if like I became like the local guy that stole something that was worth five bucks. And I'm over here trying to build a brand of somebody who is asking to be paid a certain amount to be held at a certain level of respect and this and that it's, it's not within my brand. It's not who I am. I'm sorry. I know it's tiny. I know it's a corporate company. I know that they will make it up in insurance and whatever, all the other fucking excuses you see all the time, but it's not who I am. This is not who I want to be. This is not what I want to be represented as if anybody were to ever see it, you know, so, I'm sorry, like my brand is too important to me to make certain decisions.
2: Yeah, to do the threshold, it's interesting. There are going to be some people where they're so damn good at what they do, their skill is so high that people are willing to put up with their bullshit. Yeah. I will say that there is a threshold for that, but that threshold is fucking Kanye West. Like, yeah. like, like <laughs> you have to be the top in the entire world before you can start spewing bullshit yeah. and people will st- are still willing to deal with you. Yeah. And that's kind of sad in its own way because now people are only becoming your friend because they have something to gain from you. So, like, yeah. it's not necessarily ideal either. There's a lot more nuance and conversation that we could dive into on that. But I will say... Like, again, personal branding is ever, you don't want to be known as the guy that's really good, but he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Just don't be that guy okay that's branding is important actually um, and, you know and, and, i actually
3: and, recently got an offered a job because of that issue uh i mixed a show for somebody and uh, they liked the apparently like the crowd like walked up to him like this is like the best i've ever heard you listen and that blah blah uh, and uh, uh after the show like we were talking and like the guitarist told me he's like to be honest the like, only reason when we hired you was like the last guy was good too it's just he was always an asshole he was always talking shit he was just like yelling at everybody i was like I don't know why the fuck you guys just, would just work just not with pleasurable
2: them. to be around. Nope. Um, and that changes, you know, some people are going through shit in their life. So just as much as you can, as apparently
3: much as you can. it was a constant for that guy. Apparently. I don't um, know why. yeah, there's some people yeah. are miserable. That's yeah. fine.
2: Okay, whatever. Uh, another thing that I want to talk about this before we move on to the next one mm-hmm. is also branding is directly equivalent, uh, tied to your wallet. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the difference between again, if the skill gap is not like the difference between Manny Mara and you listener of the podcast is not as wide as you think it is. I mean, there's probably a big gap, but it's probably not some unscalable mountain that you will never reach. And it turns out a lot of Manny's records are mostly mixed by his assistants who are the same age or potentially younger than you. So it's like, so it's like, it's not some sort of unscalable mountain. The one thing that isn't unscalable, like it's what the, one mountain of a difference is Manny Maracuin's branding.
4: Yeah. He
2: is the guy that will always get it done, can do mm-hmm. late night sessions or his assistants will stay late night, has the systems to take on, has an ETA, has a schedule, will be able to send out invoices, is, is never, like is able to be, is get the job done. That is his branding. Yeah. And the difference between charging three to five thousand dollars a song to five hundred dollars a song is almost always, I will say, as close to a hundred percent as branding as I like as like is almost a hundred percent branding. Yeah. Uh, I, not quite a hundred percent, but well, I would it's, like, it's pretty uh, it's going to be really close. I'll it's say gonna it be like way this. more
3: like uh you know who did a really good job recently with branding? Um kill Like Killshot's branding has not only like made like a conversation happen, which was, is it okay to take photos with your clients and all that? That's always been like a hot button topic. But his brand was like, I take photos with all my clients. And I post those photos almost every day. I show that I'm busy. Um, And because he looks so busy, it could be, the, the reality could be that those are all photos that were taken all in one day and they're spurred out throughout weeks, right? But either way, the point is, his branding is so on point that he started getting hired even more. He even talked about it in interviews, how like doing that constant, like posting and uh, making sure that his brand was consistent, uh, made it to where his income actually increased. And now he actually, I think he has a sub label, right? He has a subsidiary, Killshot uh, Music yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of thoughts that I'm not going to share on the internet about that. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, in general, branding changed his income. Yeah. Branding changes income. That's yeah. really important. Much more than a skill, uh, overcoming a skill gap yeah. is branding. Cause even with branding, this is really sad to say, but this is true. Practically speaking, um, if you are a mix engineer and you have, uh, if you have the brand that you know what you're doing, having the brand that you know what you're doing is more important than actually knowing what you're doing. Will it, make you yeah. more money than yeah. actually know what you're doing. Yeah. Maybe not in the long term because eventually people will catch on and you don't want to like lie to people and people on the internet will be like, no, nah, I I paid a lot of money for this guy and he actually kind of sucked.
3: I've actually. You know, like I've,
2: eventually it's going to catch up.
3: So but, not not towards anybody specific, but I have had that experience where like, I'm like, oh, you got to work with him. How was it? And it's like, actually it wasn't worth it. It's like, whoa. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, oh, okay. so, so again. Whoa. But a lot of that... Even it could a, also be case
3: by case. Mixing you know? is so
2: subjective that it could also be like they felt like it wasn't good, even though it actually was. They just felt like it wasn't, which comes back down yeah. to branding. Like if you have good, solid branding, if you have great communication skill and you made them feel like you gave it your best shot, um, that's going to help you have more happy clients than actually the skill because you can have yeah. the skill and just not give them the confidence not be able to give them the confidence that you know what you're doing And sometimes it's and a gonna, they're not matter, gonna be happy no matter what
3: yeah and sometimes it's a matter of misunderstanding of each other's like <laughs> role like i've been hired by somebody to mix a song and am like cool uh, send me the song blah, blah blah mixed it and they're like oh i thought you were gonna like do like some beat drops this and that i'm like oh that's that's more production engineering i, I can i just didn't know that that's what she wanted
2: Okay, um, next one. Let's do it. Uh, I
3: missed one, is converters. Aha. One converter is better than another converter. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be honest. If you ever have that conversation with any, um, we'll, we'll just say normies for fun. Just for fun, uh, if you were to ever have a conversation of like which bounce sounded better, and it was one was bounced by a burl B two bomber, and the other one was an Antelope um, Omicron or whatever the fuck it's called, the three thousand six hundred dollar one, and another one was the fucking what's what's the gold one again? Uh, la, the livery yeah. Um, they're gonna look at you and think you're fucking insane. Yeah, they're gonna look at you. I kid you not. Most people cannot hear the difference between a wave and an MP3. Or, <laughs> you know, so like um I remember going to school. Oh my god, no, the best example was the one that happened at our studio. Uh, a friend of ours, um, we showed him a song with a limiter that's like over limited by like what was it doing, like 10, 15 decibels of limiting, and then the other one was like a light tap of limiting, and he was like, I don't hear a difference
2: oh yeah it was like kind of insane and that was actually. the artist so we could, yeah, yeah we were really we were both insane.
3: dumbfounded like and like, like whoa you can't hear that like seriously you like, don't hear that
2: like it was such a big difference that it was just like
3: anyway um, yeah. <clears throat> now I will say this converters can make a pretty big difference in a very specific way like one might just have that extra little bit of transient like I like the Hilo for that reason like I think the pop of like a snare or something really is a little nicer right but the other day, um, I finally got my Grace M905 connected via Spitif, so I can listen to the Grace's converters, right? The Grace is a monitor controller with just DAC on it, and the Hilo is a full-on like mastering uh, converter, and they both are almost at the same price tag. I'm not going to lie. The, the difference was so extremely negligible that I can understand why Jesse Ray mixes at one point, just put an optical cable on the back of his Mac computer and plugged it into his grace because it was already good enough coming out of the monitor controller that like having a symphony or having an Apollo, having a Burl or anything else was not going to make the difference necessary to really matter. There you go. Um, Actually, Jesse's a great example of so, like, no, no interface mixing. You used to yeah, plug yeah, into yeah, the thanks. headphone jack of your Mac at one point, yeah,
2: using the built-in converter. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there was a. I will say, uh, I will not deny that converters sound different. And I think in general, the last thing that we're going to talk about is competition and what is better defining what is better and best or great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a waste of time to say that one is objectively better than another. Um, I think that converters and converter quality has almost nothing to do with wallet size and how much monetary success you can have. Um, I think, uh, as someone that always pursues a higher level of audio, mm-hmm. um, I think it is important to develop your skill and to eventually get to a point, um, where you are curious, but I would say that if you are mixing in the box, you are not even using the converters. Like the print that you make is not going through any converters. Yeah. Like the only conversion that you're doing, if you're in the box, the only conversion you're doing is D to A for monitoring. Yeah. But like the final bouncer the print that you're doing you're not going out of the interface back into the interface or into another interface. So for example, a mastering engineer that has an has a DA, a DAC where they go out of the box from their computer out of the box into a bunch of outboard gear and then they have a separate uh ADC, A-D-C. Mm-hmm. where it's an analog to digital converter um then yeah, conversion um may change things a little bit. But again, it is, and it's, I'm not going to say like you should pursue what sounds better. And I think the pursuit of the pursuit of more knowledge and the pursuit of superior, uh, uh, raising the standard is always an honorable pursuit, but I, you have to confirm that it almost, uh, it does not affect the wallet.
3: Yeah. It does not affect the wallet. Now I will, I will make the argument for, Opting in for better DACs uh, when possible. I don't it,
2: think I think I, I can mix on a Focusrite and still outmix you. I, no, no, I, no. I will
3: always say, yeah, that. I, I I agree that that's that's one way. I'm just saying that what you know and what you're able to do will outweigh the quality of your converter. But yeah, let's just be honest. If you have more information in front of you, you can make a more decisive decision. Is that not the case in any industry? An, an educated decision is better than an uneducated decision. So I'm just saying if your interface is really that bad or you just want to up your quality and it's going to supposedly help you make faster decisions because you can hear more detail all of a sudden sure go for it enjoy your experience my, and that's my, the way yeah, i look my, at it enjoy your experience
2: yeah yeah i think that's important i think yeah. enjoying the experience and raising the standard for yeah. yourself is what's important but it's if not you the think
3: that your dac is what's holding you back from doing better then you're wrong because your dac it only has one job and that's just to give you audio guess what your headphone jack does the same fucking job yeah one of them is obviously a little bit better sure but it's not going to stop you from making a great reverb choice from making great compression choices now, there may be a little more detail, but once again, that goes back to me saying, enjoy your experience. I know that I want to sit in front of great speakers all day long. If I'm going to do this all day long, I hope I'm not mixing on, I don't, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know how some people mix on NS10s all day and say that they love the sound of them. I, I don't, I, I can't correlate myself to it. But uh, sitting in front of Strauss all day. Yeah, yeah, I definitely love mixing in front of those all day. They sound great.
2: Yeah. I I will say on um, this is a bonus one. I think speakers do matter more than people think.
3: Yeah. Like like, like the speaker playback. matters a thousand times more the, than the yeah, converter. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Um as a mixer, as a mixer yeah. because we're not recording. Because if you're recording then like we could talk about mics and interface and I still think and, I still
3: think your monitoring matters slightly more because uh the detail I would hear in Strauss versus KRKs is so big that I might make a different mic choice based on the information presented to me. The mic could be the same, but the, uh, the speakers being different would show me two different points of information.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we need to end this episode cause I do have a meeting coming up. Um, but the last thing that I want to talk about, there's two things, one brief thing that I do want to talk about and I'm going to combine these two exercise mm-hmm. and mental health. Um, from a professional level is significantly more important. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty consistent and common thing, especially that comes with age, um, uh, yeah. sustainability, being able to endure the decades of being in this pretty demanding industry is important. Mm. Um, and one consistent piece of advice from anybody at all levels is health, exercise, diet, uh, and mental health. Um, learning to stay passionate with music, learning mm. to take care of yourself, um, that is something that is really, and again, that can also is directly coordinate, coordinated. Like if you are the type of person that is able to exercise, that is usually a projection of the discipline that you carry, yeah. which is again more important than the skill that you have. Do yeah. not underestimate the importance of exercise and mental health. Not to, not necessarily, uh, to get strong. But mm-hmm. it's it's a lot for the discipline, um, and it is for the health. Like, so you don't have a cardiac arrest, well, just from the stress, yeah. because it is sometimes, especially recording engineers. Like, it's not an uncommon story for an engineer to get a heart attack because they were fat and stressed. Yeah, like it's it's just it's just so normal that like it's a conversation we need to have.
3: Yeah, um, I can I can confidently say that I got really big because I stopped exercising. I used to like play sports and do a lot of things. And just slowly sat in the studio all day, and I'm not saying that I'm blaming the studio. I'm just saying it's really easy to gain weight when all you do is sit around all day working on songs, sitting in your chair, eating food, and not going outside for even just a light jog. Like if you're one of the benefits of exercising aside from the health things is like, you know, ADHD is a very chaotic thing, and sometimes it's a blessing. You get to learn things very quickly, and you you pick things up. As you go and it's amazing, you know, new skill sets are always fun, but you know what that is also it's a very fucking scattered brain So if you need help focusing Sometimes just going to the gym for a little bit or going on a run can help you refocus yourself for a little bit and get you back in order
2: Yeah, it's not about being skinny or being a certain shape. Yeah, it's about health and being able to take on stress and being strong enough to be physically strong enough to be able to take on stress mm-hmm. which will directly correlate with the size of your wallet yeah. um and the longevity of your career and yeah. the happiness of your family um it and as well as the discipline that it takes to do those things i think uh, and mental health therapy um is incredibly important and directly correlated to the last thing that we need to talk about before i need i need i really do need to get going the last thing that we need to talk about which is that um I'm going to break it down for you. I don't know if this is, this is not based on statistics. This is just based on conjecture and speculation and feeling based on personal observation and bias. Okay. But we work in my perspective, we work in an industry filled with broken parenting, broken Mm -hmm. homes, uh, neurotic, chaotic, creative individuals. This is just the nature of the, uh, if you work at a Cybersecurity. Most people are better functioning adults than any major label. Well, okay, some of the the managers and stuff, people working in the labels are really well put together, um, but in general, like you have to be aware that it's it's this this is a really broken thing. And one of the things that can be that is important to recognize is. Uh, being okay. Okay, hold on. There's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call it as competition. There's healthy competition, and then there's unhealthy competition. Um, competition, th- trying to prove and rationalize that something is better is not important and is a waste of brain cells. Mm-hmm. Using a competition to better yourself and to raise your own standard is very practical and good use of yeah. competition. There's a big difference. One is I feel inferior and I need to prove myself by disproving others that is the bad type of competition the good type of competition that you can use as a benefit for yourself is um i i am among comrades i am among friends And I have a rival I'm creating, like you are my rival and you push me to be better. And I push you to be better. That is a good thing because we're doing it's friendly competition among friends. But if I'm like, I need to be better than Lou and I am less of a person, if I'm not doing just as good as Lou, that is a bad competition, a bad level of competition. Uh, Again, we talked about in the last episode, if you want to know
3: what healthy competition looks like, you can share points with each other about each other's growth and see how each other can push each other to that same level.
2: Yeah, so um, mm, there's, I will say, it is normal for human nature, like this is also part of evolution Mm -hmm. um, and culture. It is normal to feel competition. It is normal to be overwhelmed. It is normal to feel like you're not enough, to feel inferior. Mm -hmm. What I am saying, what is really important, is to take the time to get therapy or to seek healing, to read books, to what, if, if you are very hyper religious, then you need to practice your religion in a way to not make yourself feel better than other people, but to be okay with who you are. That the purpose of the religion should be to help you be okay with yourself, not to make you feel superior. Uh, the idea of needing to be superior or needing to be validated has, is never okay. Does that make sense? That is something I want to be clear. I want to be clear about if you are a Christian and you think that you know more than everybody else because you are a Christian and you are superior, you miss the entire fucking point. That is you miss the entire point. It's not about superior and inferior inferiority. We are all from the dirt. We all suck. None of us know what we're doing. And if you accept that and learn that, then and then you will not take things personally. You will not take things personally. You will be happier and you will do better in the industry. I think this will reflect your income because mm-hmm. you'll be able to deal with, uh, more stress. You'll be able to not taking things personally will help things move smoother. Um, and you'll be able to have a happier and a more sustainable career without wanting to kill yourself. Yeah. That's, and which is, I, I know that that's like, it's like kind of like funny. haha. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you don't want to like end up being like kill yourself. Like I'm being dead serious. Like, um, Uh, becoming suicidal, becoming really depressed is a serious issue that as creatives, we are especially susceptible to, um, make sure that you you realize where you're having unhealthy competition, unhealthy comparison, and you need to fucking clear your conscience and get right with yourself and do whatever it takes to be okay with yourself. Because all of us are valuable. All of us are contributing to this world and how much you contribute or in what ways you contribute should not affect um, your happiness. And it does all of us naturally and you need to figure this shit out. Hey, however path you do it, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through prayer and religion, whether it's through getting therapy, um, you need to figure this out. And this does directly affect your happiness and your wallet, and it will make you stand out above all the rest. If you can have a genuine smile and actually look like you're enjoying your life while working with high maintenance clients, that will affect how people look at you. That will affect your personal brand. And I think it's completely underrated as far as value to your career path. Hmm. okay i I gotta get going any thoughts on that no sorry was i was i also pretty clear on that too like is there anything confusing about what i said cool i'm a big proponent on mental health big proponent uh, uh, big uh yeah advocator advocate of mental health so on that note um i do need to get going so thank you so much uh go subscribe to the exclusive episodes of the mixing music podcast where we have technical tips all day well two days a week uh and uh go to mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive for exclusive episodes. Subscriber only. Episodes $4 a month or $40 a year. Um, Again, that's mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive. Uh, And on that note,
3: uh, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Oh, shit.